Welcome back to this week's episode of Walking with the Master. My name is Ken Winter, and this week's episode is entitled, There is no such thing as a small act of obedience. When was the last time you felt God prompting you to step out of your comfort zone? It may have been a prompting to perform a small act of service for someone you didn't know, or someone you knew but didn't like. It may have been a prompting to do something that you've never done before, and you were afraid you would fail and embarrass yourself or fall flat on your face. Or it may have been a prompting to speak to someone who intimidates you and the prospect was frightening to you. And you may have been tempted to ignore the prompting by convincing yourself that your obedience didn't really matter. Someone else could do it someone else who was far more capable or far more confident or far more qualified. On April 21st, 1855, God prompted a Sunday school teacher in Boston by the name of Edward Kimball to visit a young man who was attending his Sunday school class. The young man wasn't attending the class willingly. His uncle had made it a condition of his employment as a shoe salesman. The boy would only get the job if he attended the class. Edward Kimball's visit took place at the shoe store where the young man worked. Here is Kimball's account of the visit. When I was nearly there, I began to wonder whether I ought to go in just then during business hours. I thought my call might embarrass the boy and that when I went away, the other clerks would ask who I was and taunt him with my efforts in trying to make him a good boy. In the meantime, I had passed the store, and discovering this, I determined to make a dash for it and have it over at once. I found him in the back part of the building, wrapping up shoes. I went up to him at once, and putting my hand on his shoulder, I made what I felt afterwards was a very weak plea for Christ. I don't know just what words I used. I simply told him of Christ's love for him and the love Christ wanted in return. That was all there was. It seemed the young man was just ready for the light that then broke upon him. Dwight L. Moody, a shoe salesman, surrendered his life to Christ that day. God went on to use D.L. Moody as an evangelist, publisher, pastor, and the founder of the Moody Bible Institute, to have far-reaching impact for the kingdom that continues to this day. And God used a humble, unknown servant who had to work up the courage to go talk to Moody to set his feet on the right path. The same could also be said of another humble, otherwise unknown, servant of God by the name of Ananias. He was a follower of Jesus, living in Damascus in the first century. The Bible doesn't tell us how Ananias came to faith in Jesus. It may have been through the ministry of Jesus himself or through the ministry of the 72 disciples that Jesus sent out as his witnesses. Possibly, he was one of those who was gathered in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost or soon thereafter. He grew in his walk with Jesus to the point he was recognized as a respected and trusted leader of the believers in Damascus. He, together with the other believers in the city, were very familiar with the persecution that their fellow believers were experiencing in Jerusalem. 
Word had apparently reached them that the persecutor, Saul, was coming to Damascus to torment and arrest the believers there. It is reasonable to imagine that Ananias and the other believers were terrified as they awaited Saul and his cohort, for they knew their lives might be lost for the sake of Christ. They were awaiting his arrival to the city with great dread. Imagine Ananias' initial reaction when God directed him to go to Saul. We really don't have to imagine it because his reaction is spelled out in the book of Acts. He made a point to tell God all about Saul, as if God wasn't fully aware. I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, he said. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. As if to say, God, you must not know all the facts about this man. Otherwise, surely you wouldn't be sending me to him. Ananias revealed his fear and anxiety. He did not yet have unwavering trust in God. As a matter of fact, he reminds me of me. I suspect I would have said the same thing to God, just in case he had somehow forgotten or overlooked some of the details. After all, this guy was dangerous. Didn't God know that? Over the years, I have had some honest conversations with men and women who sensed God's call to carry the gospel to some pretty difficult places. They have shared some of the conversations that they have had with God. God, don't you know that country is closed to missionaries? Don't you know that your people are persecuted in that nation? Don't you know what could happen to me or to my family if we go there? God? But God knows all about those people, just like he knew all about Saul. He told Ananias, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. God knew exactly who Saul was and gave Ananias the assurance that he was still in control. As a matter of fact, providence dictated that he would use this man to do incredible things for his kingdom. Saul, the chief of sinners, the persecutor of the church, was to be God's chosen means of bringing the gospel to great and small, Jew and Gentile alike. Ananias was obedient. He appeared before Saul and had the great honor of laying his hands on this broken man in the name of the Holy Spirit. At that moment, the scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. As a testimony to his newfound faith in Christ, he was baptized, probably by the hand of Ananias himself. We then read that Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. Whether at that point Saul was the student or the teacher, we do not know. Perhaps he sat and learned at the feet of Ananias. At this point, Ananias disappears from Luke's account, and we do not hear any more about him. His role in the drama of Acts was brief, yet very significant. We see a man who wavered when he first heard God's voice. Yet despite his initial hesitation, he was faithful and obedient. While at first he thought he might have to correct God, in the end he submitted himself 
and his very life to God's call. God then used this man to further his purpose in launching the career of one of the most influential apostles. Ananias' small act of obedience, just like Edward Kimball's, led to a great harvest for the kingdom. It would behoove us to learn from Edward Kimball and Ananias. That same voice that spoke in their ears that someone else was more capable, confident, or qualified also speaks in ours. And if we heed that naysayer's voice, we will miss out on one of the greatest blessings God has in store for us, the blessing of being used by him in his activity, for his purpose and his glory. There will be times when God will direct us through his word in ways that seem contrary to our own reasoning. We will not know and may never know the full significance of what God intends to do through us because our perspective is finite and limited. But God's perspective is infinite, taking in all of history in a single glance. We must trust him, his word, and his voice, trusting that he will never lead us astray. It will take courage, just like it did for Ananias and Edward Kimball. Courage that can only come through the confidence that we do not go alone. His Holy Spirit, who is within us, will go before us, will go with us, and will empower us each and every step of the way. You can read the biblical account about Ananias in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 10 through 19. A portion of this episode is adapted from Until He Returns, the sixth book in my Lessons Learned in the Wilderness series. All of my books are available through Amazon in print and for your Kindle or Kindle app. Information on how you can obtain them is available on my website, kenwinter.org. Well, thank you for joining me again this week. I hope you'll join me again next week as together we walk with the Master. Thank you.